welcome to the Gazette's Fact Checker podcast. So we've been off for a few weeks, but we're back at it. And I was kind of looking at my calendar, and it looks like um, by the time this airs, we'll be just about five weeks before the general election. So we've got uh, uh, five more weeks to get in some good fact checkers here. Um, so this is the first, today's check, well, first of all, let's introduce ourselves. I'm getting ahead of myself. So my name's Erin Jordan. I'm the Gazette's investigative reporter. Hi, I'm Michaela Ram. I'm the Gazette's healthcare reporter. I'm John Steppi. I'm the Gazette's business reporter. I'm Marissa Payne. I'm the Gazette's Cedar Rapids government reporter. Great. So the the check we have today is the first check that we've done uh, for this cycle in the second congressional district. Um, and, you know, part of the reason we're doing this is because voters are starting to see a lot more ads there. Um, we've seen ads from the candidates and also from various PACs who are weighing in. And just to remind um, our listeners, so the candidates in that race for Iowa's 2nd Congressional District, which is in the southeast quadrant of Iowa, are Republican Marionette Miller-Meeks and Democrat Rita Hart. And both of them um, have not served before. So this is an open seat that they're competing for. Um, the ad that we're checking this week is an ad by Women Vote, which is a super PAC from Emily's List, which is um, a, this group formed in 1985 that has the goal of electing more pro-abortion rights Democrats, Democratic women specifically, to public office. And the ad is attacking Miller Meeks, uh, as I said, the Republican. So the quotes, the, the claims that we're checking... Um, I'll just read through them here. Uh, so the ad claims, Marionette Miller-Meeks, who took thousands from big insurance, supported a plan that would cost 187,000 Iowans their coverage or let insurers deny it because of pre-existing conditions like diabetes. So we're that's two sentences. We're going to kind of break it into three claims. Um, the first claim says Miller-Meeks accepted $304,000 in campaign donations from the insurance and healthcare industries. So Emily's List got that number by adding together a couple different numbers from the Center for Responsive Politics, which is a group that's been around and tracks money donated to um, U- to U.S. Senate and House candidates using filings to the from to and within the Federal Elections Commission. So first, there's the the group which has a website. I'll say the group, the Center for Responsive Politics. That group has a website called Open Secrets, which kind of breaks out a lot of different donation categories. And one, um, it looks at donations of $200 or more from people in the health industry. And in that category, Miller Meeks uh, received or accepted $297,582 in her whole political career. So just to, um, you know, Miller Meeks has run unsuccessfully for the second district seat three other times before 2020. She's run um, most of those times against Dave Loebsack, who is retiring from this seat. Um, so that's one pot of money. The other pot is donors in the finance, insurance, and real estate sector. And Open Secrets reported that Miller Meeks accepted 12405 from donors in this group. So if you add it together, it equals just under $310,000. So we gave that claim um, an A for the amount of money she's um, accepted from those two groups. 
The second claim is that Miller Meeks supported, quote, supported a plan that could cost 187,000 Iowans their coverage, their health insurance, their health coverage. Um, so the ad doesn't say specifically what plan they're talking about, but the citation below indicates this is about the Affordable Care Act or Obama, Obamacare, which is totally not surprising because these claims have been coming out, um, not just in this election, but in past cycles. You know, Michaela and I have checked numerous related claims connected to this in lots of different races. So, um, just flipping a page here to get to my notes. So Miller Meeks has never been in Congress. And so she didn't have a chance to vote against the Affordable Care Act when it was approved in 2010. But she did say in 2014, when she was running for office, that she supported overhaul or repeal of the law. And this is a quote from the Daily Iowan, um, which Marissa led as editor last year. So The quote from the DI says, looking at the Affordable Care Act, there are ways we can change it, modify it, and or if possible, repeal it. But you have to gain the Senate. But at least let's make it work for people. So that's what she said in February of 2014. Um, The Des Moines Register reported that Miller Meeks also tweeted her opposition to the Affordable Care Act when she was director of the Iowa Department of Public Health. This was also in that time period of 2014. So it's pretty, she was, she really didn't hide the fact that she thought the Affordable Care Act should be changed and possibly repealed. So the question is how many Iowans would lose coverage if the Affordable Care Act went away? So this number comes from two groups. First, there are Iowans enrolled in the in healthcare exchanges through the Affordable Care Act, Care Act, and there were just over forty nine thousand people enrolled in those for twenty nineteen, and that was reported by the Gazette by Michaela. Um, and but that number also comes from the federal government, from the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. The second group that factors into that are Iowans enrolled in the Iowa Health and Wellness Program, which is the state's expansion of Medicaid, which was allowed through through the Affordable Care Act. There were 195,000 Iowans in the most recent enrollment, um, DHS said uh, in an email to me yesterday. So these two numbers add up to about 244,000 Iowans who could lose their health coverage if the ACA was repealed and completely went away. And that's... um, over what had been uh, reported in this ad. I think the ad said 187,000. You know, just a caveat to that is, you know, most Republicans would seek to repeal and replace uh, the ACA with something different that would likely provide coverage to many of those people. But one area that comes in is these, um, whether people with pre-existing conditions would be covered or could lose coverage because uh, with a, a repeal of the ACA. So that gets to our third claim. Um, the There is evidence that several Republican proposed bills that would have replaced the Affordable Care Act would have offered less protection for people with pre-existing conditions. Um, the American Health Care Act, which came up in 2017, would require insurers to cover to offer coverage despite pre-existing conditions, but they would charge more in some cases. And I, I think there were also some bills that would let insurers define their own lists of essential benefits. 
so they could maybe leave some expensive pre-existing conditions off that list. So we gave that third claim an A as well. And I think I missed the grade on the second claim, which was which was an A in my draft here. So, you know, it's it's easy to average three three claims of A into an A for the overall grade. Um, but I, you know, I'm eager to hear from the other um, members of the team about whether you agree with those and if we want to have some discussion. Um, I was just going to ask about the second claim, um, which I appreciate the Daily Island sourcing, of course. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was wondering, are there any more recent remarks from Miller Meeks than like 2014 about repealing the Affordable Care Act that we could also use? Or is there a reason that you only stuck to 14? Like, is that just because that was the last time she ran? I think that, I mean, that's the last time she's been pretty vocal about it, but you raise a good point. It would be interesting to note whether she's said anything more recently. And if not, you know, maybe that's worth noting that, you know, maybe since that 2014 race, she's been less out there about what her thoughts are about it. You know, I think that would be worth noting. Yeah, I've noticed that kind of a, a trend among Republican politics, too. I, I know the ACA used to kind of be the, the punching bag for quite a few races, but I haven't seen that as much this this current race. I think it, it I think public polling has showed that people tend to be in favor while they may not be in favor of uh, Obamacare, per se. They are in favor of things like covering pre-existing conditions and expanding health insurance because of the rising cost of, of drugs and, and medications. Um, so I wonder if we're just kind of seeing less of it, just kind of given the trend of, of elections. But yeah, it would be really interesting to see if she said anything about that. Or I, I, I don't know if she would have changed her stance or anything like that, but that is a really good point. We should, we should see if she said anything recently. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it'll be something that comes up tonight too with um, the Rita Hart debate since there's been that Supreme Court case so it's been kind of in the news again and especially with uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death definitely yeah. yeah I agree I especially think it might be interesting to see what happens in terms of tonight's debate which by the time that listeners are hearing this will have already happened but um, I think that could be a possibility where more comes up about this because I think it is interesting that mean there hasn't been as much made about this since 2014. Right. I mean, wouldn't it be great if one of the, if the moderator would ask about this, you know, would ask the candidates and say, you know, particularly to Miller Meeks, you know, you've been vocal about this in the past. How do you feel now? You know, if only we could ask that question ourselves, but I think that, uh, we can um, stay tuned to what happens tonight and the, maybe update the, tw- uh, update the check tomorrow. Does that change how you guys feel about the grade on that claim? No, it doesn't for me. Um, I guess we can kind of find out what, what if she has said anything recently. But I mean, they are correct in that she did support a, a repeal of the ACA, um, which in turn kind of leads to your third claim, which would lead to less people having insurance just through the exchanges and through Medicaid. So it doesn't change the grade for me. Um, I don't know if anybody else feels any differently. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a pretty clear thing here that, I mean, even if 
Well, I mean, she clearly said those things. She hasn't said anything to the contrary. So I think that's still a clear case for an A. Yeah, I would agree. You know, the numbers check out that Aaron um, included in the fact check. And yet to my knowledge, she, you know, hasn't changed her stance. So. One thing I thought was interesting is I found this ad that PolitiFact had checked that was out of Virginia and they were um, the, I think it was the Democratic Central Committee, or I'm forgetting a C, the DCCC, uh, but they were um, attacking the Republican running in that race. And it was like almost the exact same language as this ad. Um, but in this case, it said that the Republican challenger supports a plan letting insurance companies deny coverage for pre-existing conditions like asthma or diabetes. And I thought, I, I didn't know if it was kind of splitting hairs, but that claim said supports, kind of indicating present tense support mm. versus the claim in that we were reviewing said supported. So, you know, it kind of indicates something that had been past support. So. Um, you know, PolitiFact gave this their check a true uh, for this candidate, but it did um, also just kind of help bolster my feeling that this ad deserved an A overall. Yeah. Well, it certainly kind of speaks to you know other policy decisions that that Miller Meeks may make. Um, you know, if if she's not in favor of the ACA, so I guess it. How does she feel about these efforts to lower drug costs or to put more restrictions on insurance companies' policies when it comes to things like that? Because I think the conversation has really kind of shifted, um, not just from insurance coverage, but to the cost of medications. And you know, given kind of the economic crisis we're in right now more people are seeking out services like Medicaid. Um, would she be in favor of expanding Medicaid even further, or even policy decisions like that? Um, I, I think, you know, putting that out there and sort of checking whether she did support that in the past, I think it still has a relevancy to decisions she may make today. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I appreciate you kind of as healthcare reporter being able to call attention to how the conversation has changed and, you know, maybe this, while it's still a, a talking point among Democrats, you know, how these, how Republicans dealt with ACA in the past, that maybe people are like, yeah, this is the way things work. We all are dependent on this system, but now there's these other problems to focus on. Right. And who knows, it could become a conversation again. Um, you know, maybe the Republicans take the House back and maybe they don't flip the Senate. Um, maybe you know, ACA could become the headline again if it if it goes to the Supreme Court. I know there were some appeal decisions in other states about um, the ACA. So, I, you know, like Marissa mentioned earlier, we, we kind of have some debates going on about the Supreme Court nominee. Um, it could be a big conversation later on and has some relevancy to, to local voters. Definitely. Yeah. I had a, a question too, if, if it's okay, if I kind of um, <laughs> divert a little bit, but I had a question about yeah. the first claim. Um, so this might just kind of be me not having a ton of uh, knowledge and insight and in sort of the, the finance and the donations and the FEC. But, you know, when you talk about the, the donations that Miller Meeks has accepted from donors, you know, in the finance slash in insurance slash real estate industry, I, I wanted to clarify, are those like 
individual donors or those packs within those industries? Um, you know, because when they talk about big insurance, I, I sort of picture the the large na- nationwide insurance corporations. But I, I'm wondering, um, it, I was hoping you could kind of help clarify the the difference or, you know, where the term big insurance may have come from when it comes to these donations. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm going to try to get to the Open Secrets site here and see if I can um, find that. Uh, see if I can find that. Um, hold on for a second. No pressure okay. live on the podcast. <laughs> no, that's good. I've got it. I've it's it's opening. It's opening. It's coming. It's going through our little like screener thing, the Mimecast, to make <laughs> sure it's not. But but one thing I did note, it did say donations of two hundred dollars or more. Um, so you know there also could be additional donations that would be smaller than that from individuals who identify as being from that sector. Okay, let's see. I've got the list here. Now it's just a matter of figuring out how much they define it. Okay, um, the numbers on this page are based on contributions from PACs and individuals giving two hundred dollars or more. All donations took place between 1989 and the current cycle. Um, It's data released by the FEC. Okay. Okay. So the PACs could be referring to those PACs within, um, like, because can't certain businesses and, like, certain associations have PACs and and kind of donate to political candidates of of interest to their policies, right? Yeah. We had that in a past check. I recall that coming up. Okay. So yeah, it, it sounds like then when they're sort of using the term big insurance and this might be just splitting hair over terminology, but it sounds like some of these corp some of these packs could be coming from major insurance corporations like that, or at least the ones that control a lot of policies in the US. Right. So you're kind of thinking about that that took thousands from big insurance. Yeah. Like that's kind of a broad label for all these different groups or, and potentially individuals who are not like maybe even part, maybe they're just like a doctor or something, right. you know, or a nurse or who knows. Right. Yeah. I guess, um, I don't know if they like had more clarity on like what they meant by big insurance. Cause it just like, does that just mean big insurance company or does that mean, um, you know, a big lobbyist group that, that has major interests in, in kind of maintaining what the insurance industry is today. Um, but then again, I mean, any insurance company could probably be seen as the quote unquote, the big insurance company. Um, so that might be splitting hairs a little bit at the end of the day. I don't disagree with the grade. I think the grade is good because she did accept donations from this industry. Um, I'm just kind of splitting hairs a little bit on that specific phrasing. Yeah. And it's hard to define. Oh, sorry. It's hard to define what exactly big insurance is. It isn't like there's a standard number. Okay. If it's bigger than this size, we're classifying it as big insurance. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I think this is one of those um, situations where you've got an ad where they're trying to like streamline what they're saying into this like short ad. And this sounds really catchy, it, you know, whereas it's glossing over the the reality of like there's a lot of little like caveats to the data, you know. Right. Um, but I do know that. 
I do know that we've used these, this open secrets data before, and it's from a, you know, a reputable group that kind of sorts these into these categories, I think for a reason, because, you know, healthcare is such a big topic. They want voters to know how much these candidates are getting from like healthcare and also insurance and finance and that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. So if we're okay, are, are we okay with the grade overall, the A overall? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I am too. I think that's a, I think that's a good grade for this. Okay. Um, I wanted to just um, talk a little bit about what we've got coming for next week. Um, and that is one that I think Marissa is going to take the lead on. I'm just looking here to try to remember what that um what we talked about there. So the one I think that we're going to look at there is one that John had circulated and it's a, a, a claim that is in the Senate race in the Iowa Senate race between Joni Ernst and Teresa Greenfield. And I think the, the claim is Joni Ernst gave trillions in tax breaks to corporate special interests. I see a lot of those big labels, like we're talking about, you know, corporate special interests. So we'll have to see whether how that one pans out for Marissa and if we find out that it's verifiable and that it meets our criteria. So that's what we've kind of got in the hopper for next week. And we really want to keep this up, keep our momentum going through the election, through the general election. And with to do that, we kind of need your help, our, our listeners here and our readers. We need you to send us claims that you think we should be checking. And this doesn't just have to be ads. It can be if you were listening, if you listen into the debate tonight or any future debate and you hear a statement that you think is something that needs to be checked, um, send us an email. You can reach us, you can send the email to factchecker at thegazette.com and let us know what you think we should be checking. And then hopefully we'll have an opportunity to hit on several more races between now and November 3rd. All right. Anything else you guys wanted to add? No, I think that pretty much covers everything. Yeah. Nice job, Aaron. This was a good check. Well, thanks. All right. Well, we're going to, um, we're going to sign off here. Okay. Marissa, I was just saying, I think that you're going to dig into that claim about, um, Joni Ernst and giving tax breaks for next week. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So I, I guess until then, um, I'm Aaron Jordan. I'm Michaela Ram. I'm John Steffi. I'm Marissa Payne. And we want to also give credit to our podcast, which is produced by Stephen Colbert and with our checks edited by Craig Jamolas. So our music is Lobby Time by Kevin McLeod. And until next week, we'll fact check you later. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast.
Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.